Hello, this is Brian Bullington, and I am pastor of New Song Family Church in Ventuk, Namibia. I'm so glad that you have joined us today, and it's my prayer that this podcast message will help you to grow closer to Jesus as you walk daily with Him. Good morning. So good to be with you today. Thank you so much for joining us in our service today. We, I have entitled this sermon, Want to Be Blessed, and hopefully by the time I finish that you will be excited about what God wants to do in your life and for your life. You know, right now we're hearing about looting and rioting in South Africa, kidnapping in schools in Nigeria, the children there, a virus that keeps mutating, sickness, death in Namibia. So much is going on right now. There's so many uh, things that are happening that our hearts are actually sad and we're might be worried, we might be fearful at this time. What would you say to someone who asks you, how can you trust a God who allows so many bad things to be happening? You know, I'll say it again to you. I'll say it to you all the time. I absolutely hate suffering. I hate uh, hurting. I hate having problems in my life. I do love blessings from God. I love them. I just find that blessings from God or my fave. So, blessed is a popular word right now. You'll see it on people's t-shirts. It just says blessed across their t-shirt. People will tell me, be blessed when I'm leaving them. But what exactly does that mean? What does that mean to you to be blessed? As a believer, how do we get to receive blessings from God is our main question. What do we need to do to be blessed by God? Well, if you want to be blessed, the question actually needs to be asked, how should the believer respond to suffering? The word suffering and its synonyms is actually mentioned 21 times in the book of Peter. Peter has a lot to say about suffering. At that time, when Peter was writing uh, his letters then, the emperor Nero wanted uh, some land, and he has been accused by the Romans at that time of setting the great fire of Rome himself to clear the land for a palace that he was wanting to have built. He used the Christians to be a scapegoat and he started seizing them and arresting them. He put tar on their bodies, put them up on a pole, and lit their bodies to be torches in his garden at his parties in the evenings. So it was a rough time at this time when Peter was writing to the Christians. It was a time he wanted to encourage them to remain strong, to stand firm in what they knew to be true. These letters that Peter is writing was to encourage the Christians then, but to encourage us today as we are living in difficult days. It's interesting to note that this is the same Peter who denied Jesus three times because he didn't want to be arrested. He didn't want to be flogged. He didn't want to be in jail. Before Jesus went to the cross, he had told Peter what he needed to do after he denied Jesus. In Luke 22, 31-32, Jesus said to Peter, called Simon, 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 Satan has asked to sift each of you like wheat, but I have pleaded in prayer for you, Simon, that your faith should not fail. So when you have repented and turned to me again, strengthen your brothers. This is what he was telling him to do before 
uh, Peter had even denied him. And now Peter knows this. He's remembered. He's been restored by Jesus Christ. So this is what he is setting out to do, to encourage the brothers now that he has been restored. So these are his letters. So what should the believer expect concerning suffering? Well, first, to not be surprised when there's suffering if you're following Jesus. I often think the opposite. Very often I'm thinking, you know, if I'm following Jesus so closely, surely everything's going to go well. That I have identified that as my Santa Claus God, that if I'm good, he gives good things. If I'm bad, he withholds the good things from me. So we think the opposite of what actually the Bible tells us. In 1 Peter 4.12, it says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Surprised? I'm actually thinking horrified when he says, don't be surprised through the, at the fiery trials you're going through. It seems that many of the Christians at that time were actually shocked at what was happening now that they were following Jesus. The fiery trials is a, a wording that's probably referring to the fire that the people are being torched with and being uh, killed with that was happening at that time. In 1 Peter uh, 1, verse 1, Peter calls these believers strangers in the world, saying, we actually don't belong here. This is not our home. Sometimes we feel like we just don't belong here. Sometimes when you hear all this news, I will actually say, this is not my home. This isn't the way my home is supposed to be working. During Paul's ministry, he would often speak to the believers about the suffering that was to come, and he tried to prepare them for it. In 2 Timothy 3.12, he says, Yes, and everyone who wants to live a life, a godly life in Christ Jesus, will suffer persecution. There's the plan. Everyone that wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. So, he's talking like, you, you do need to expect this to happen. And so we should be expecting it. We should know that suffering should be coming. As followers of Jesus Christ, that verse in, in uh, verse 12 says, do not be surprised. So we shouldn't be surprised. We can hate it, but not be surprised. We don't like suffering, but we should actually expect it is what we are being told. Also, uh, we should rejoice when we get to suffer for Jesus. What a strange thing to say about suffering. But in 1 Peter 4.13, it says, Instead, be very glad, rejoice, for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have this wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. Be glad when we go through trials? Why would we be glad? What would make us glad about a trial? Well, because it's a privilege to suffer for Jesus. In Philippians 1.29, it says, Paul writing, For you have been given not only the privilege, do you hear that privilege of trusting in Christ, but you have also have the privilege of suffering for him. A privilege. Wow. I've never looked at it that way before, have you? You have the privilege of trusting in Christ, but you also have the privilege of suffering for him. 
The same grace that's been given to you and me that we can have salvation through Jesus Christ is the same grace that's given to us to be able to suffer for Jesus. Paul has a lot to say on this subject too, and we see in Philippians 3 uh, verses 10 and 11 that Paul, what Paul is saying he wants to experience as he walks with Christ. He says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. What an incredible privilege it is, suffering for Jesus. Hiking the Fish River Canyon, have you done that before? I have. Having a baby, riding or running in a race. We all like to talk those stories. When you find somebody else that's done that, you talk and you give your stories back and forth. There's a fellowship that comes, fellowship of the suffering. I saw that when Brian broke his ankle, uh, really a bad, bad break. And when we would move around in the States and his leg was up in the air with this foot that had to be elevated at all times, people would come to him and say, I fell in my bathroom and I broke my leg. I fell here and I broke my leg. Take it easy, don't do this, listen to your doctor. And they would have this whole conversation and Brian started calling it the fellowship of the suffering, that they joined together, they were like-minded, they understood each other as they would, would talk about what had happened to them. How can we know Jesus better? How do we come more and more like our master? We experience <coughs> suffering like he did, which will make us become more like him. We will understand him more. We will join him in the suffering, the fellowship of the suffering as we suffer for him. And we experience what he experienced, resurrection from the dead. I want that, that is what I want. That's the privilege of us walking with Jesus and then one day I will leave this world and I will be resurrected and I will be forever with him in heaven. What else would make us glad when we go through trials? Well, as believers, we'll be rewarded when we see him face to face. In 1 Peter 4, 13b, it says, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. And now that you're partners with Christ, we will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when he comes back, when he's revealed to all the world. We get to see him in full. We get to see him all of his glory. You know, we walk this world and, and that is one of my greatest longings is to see him and to see him fully and to, to actually experience what it means to be completely in the presence of God. And we will be rewarded for all the times that we have suffered for Jesus. In the list of the Beatitudes, uh, we see persecution because of Jesus as a blessing that comes with extra rewards, not just some rewards, but extra rewards that we get. Beati is a Latin word meaning blessed are, and it describes the blessedness of those uh, that have those certain godly qualities as they live for Jesus. In Matthew 5, uh, verses 10 through 12 is the end of what we call the Beatitudes, the blessed are uh, list there. So in verse 10 it says, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. 
God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for great, a great award awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way, saying that God will bless you when you're persecuted for doing right. He will bless you when people are saying evil things about you and mocking you and making fun of you. He will bless you whenever you go through trials for his name's sake because there's a great reward waiting for us and we will keep doing this. We will keep standing firm and standing up for our Savior. And he tells us that we should be happy. We should be glad. We should be excited about the reward that's coming. You know, I talked about a race. I think about people who run the race. The race itself, I imagine, is not near as fun as the reward of finishing and finishing well. So you think about, be happy about when you're in it, knowing what's coming. And we saw that in Hebrews 12, the joy set before Jesus was how he endured the cross. What he knew was coming helped him go through the trial. Another reason <clears throat> for being glad when we go through trials is because the Spirit of God rests on, on us during these trials. In 1 Peter 4, 14 it says, if you are insulted because you bear the name of Christ, you will be blessed for the glorious Spirit of God rests upon you. We saw this same wording in Matthew 5.11. It says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you. God blesses you. The glorious Spirit of God rests upon you, saying an intimacy with God comes on us. It, him resting on us, over us, a closeness like we read about with Moses. When Moses would go and speak to God face to face, he was so changed. Remember that he would, uh, his face would glow and people would just be shocked to see how changed he was when he was in the presence of God with this Spirit of God resting upon him. Our Stephen in the New Testament, when he was being stoned to death, uh, the Bible says that he looked up to heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at his right hand. And the Bible says his face shone like an angel. The glory of God rested upon him and he was changed. It means that the more we become like him, the more God is on us. God is on us and we become like him and we're being changed into his image. We can say, I'm being insulted because I'm a Christian. This is a bad day. We can say, my life is off track. Where is God? Or we can say, I'm being insulted because I'm a Christian. What a blessing to be so closely identified with Christ that the world treats me the same way it treated Jesus. This is exactly what my life is for. Could we say that? What a blessing it is that someone would want to go against me because I look so much like Jesus. What a blessing. It's about correcting our perspective in the moment of suffering to actually fit the beliefs we state that we have about Jesus Christ. Do I look more like Jesus when I'm going through hardships, when I'm going through trials? Do I start having that glow of Jesus that Moses and Stephen had when they were in his presence? 
Also, we are empowered by the glorious Spirit of God when it rests upon us to be able to stand up under all the suffering and persecution. Have you ever felt the glorious Spirit of God rest on you to enable you to be able to do the hard things? I have actually many times. I have felt His Spirit rest on me. It feels like I can make it through this. It feels like, hey, this really matters to God. I matter to God. I'm not persecuted. I would never say that. But sometimes I have found it very hard to follow God where he's leading me. Sometimes I have found that my will wants something else when he's asking me to do certain things for him. And this is when I experience the Spirit of God resting upon me. This is when I feel him giving me what I need to follow him and do whatever ever he has asked me to do. Also, make sure you are suffering for the right reasons. Are those blessings, they're off and they're out of here. In 1 Peter 4.15, it says, If you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, or prying into other people's affairs. We need to check ourselves to see if it's because of sin in our life that we're suffering. You know, you see in that verse that the crimes of murder and stealing are listed with the actions uh, of causing trouble and prying into other people's affairs. That's because sin is sin. Sin to God is sin. And when we look at that, uh, the Holy Spirit's peace and rest will leave us when we are doing these kind of things. We should never be suffering because we have caused division, stirred up trouble, or meddled in people's business. There used to be the old hee-haw song that would go, now we're not one to go around spreading rumors that why we're just really not the gossipy kind. No, you'll never hear one of us repeating gossip, so you better be sure and listen close the first time. Are you a gossip? Are you a meddler? Are you into people's business that you shouldn't be? Are you stirring up uh, division? These are the things that we need to check before God to see if we have sinned and that therefore is this the reason our trouble has come upon us? Is it a consequence of sin in our life? Also, do you suffer like a Christian? In 1 Peter 4, 16, it says, But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by that name. Christian. It means little Christ is what, what uh, that represents. I think about when our son Chad was growing up, people would say, Chad's a little Brian. And we would think with pride, oh yeah, he is. He's a little Brian. I would love to hear and have always wished I could hear that Dana looks and acts just like her mom. I've always wished somebody would say that because she's who I'd love to look and act like. Sometimes I, I do shudder when I hear the name Christian associated with things that Jesus would never be pleased with. When, it ta when people will talk about the Christians are doing this or not doing that, and it's things that Jesus would never have been participating in or standing out of. Satan is so clever how he is allowing and pushing for the name Christian to be associated with things that people in this world just really would not want to be a part of. But it is no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name is what that verse says. Praise God that we actually 
could be called Christians and called to suffer because of that name. Do you and I bring honor to the name of Christ when we go through trials and suffering? Do we bring honor to that name Christian, little Christ, as we go through this world? God's plan for eternal judgment starts with us, God's family. 1 Peter 4, 17 and 18 says, For the time has come for judgment, and it must begin with God's household. And if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? Peter says that God allows hardships, persecutions, and suffering to help us to get rid of sin, to refine us, and to make us holy. Back in chapter uh, 4, in the same chapter, of four, but in verse one, it says, So then, since Christ suffered physical pain, you must arm yourselves with the same attitude he had and be ready to suffer too. For if you have suffered physically for Christ, you have finished with sin. Can you imagine being done with sin? There are times whenever I feel like I'm suffering in prayer, I'll use that word where I'm just sitting before Jesus and praying and praying and praying and praying, done with sin, I usually don't struggle with a lot of temptations that, during those days. So I think about if we are suffering for Christ, if we are going through persecution, we are clinging to Him so closely and walking with Him and have His presence in a way that we've never experienced Him before, we could be finished with sin. God's discipline may seem harsh, but it comes from a loving Father who wants us to become more and more like Jesus. Jesus gave His life for us. That's what God is doing. He's refining us to where we live in, in such a way and move in such a way and speak in such a way that we decrease and God is increasing at all times. And then in uh, the second part of verse 17 and 18, uh, it says, if judgment begins with us, what terrible fate awaits those who have never obeyed God's good news? And also, if the righteous are barely saved, what will happen to godless sinners? Do you care about the godless sinner's fate? Little Christians, little Christ, are you upset that people are dying and going to hell? Do you care? Does that break your heart like it breaks Christ's heart? Little Christ. Are you sharing Jesus everywhere you go? When we sit there and we think about God's discipline, it may seem harsh to us, but it comes from our loving Father who wants us to become more and more like His Son who gave His life for us. As you suffer, as you go through persecution, as you go through trouble, are you sharing who Jesus is in your life? Are you telling people that even though you're going through these trials, the good news is Jesus is faithful and he's walking with you. Do people see Jesus? Have they seen the glory of God resting on you that you have been transformed even in this suffering? They see you shining Jesus in a spectacular way, in a way that the people who do not know him will come and want to know about your Jesus. Lastly, as you remain in a state of being fully committed to following Jesus, no matter what you must suffer, God will never, ever fail you. 
in verse 19 in, in chapter 4, says, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right, and trust your lives to the God who created you, for He will never fail you. Do you see the words, keep on doing what's right? Trust your lives to the God who created you, because He will never fail you. Stay committed. Remain faithful. Keep trusting God for your very life itself. In James 1, verses 2 and 4, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. What a verse. I love this verse. When troubles come of any kind, when they come your way of any kind, think about it as a great opportunity, a great opportunity for joy. You have an opportunity to be joyful. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance for it to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete and needing nothing. When I was uh, my first year into high school, grade nine, I was on the swim team all the way through high school. But the grade nine year, I had a coach named Coach Brockoff. And he uh, was a, what I would consider just an incredible swim coach. And I was this first year in the high school team and he pushed and pushed and pushed. And I wasn't in shape like everybody else. And, I remember just being so frustrated because he would push me and push me and push me. I made the uh, varsity team at that as a, a first year in high school. And so we had to do extra workouts at the end of the day. So we did our workouts before school would start in the morning. Then we came back in the afternoon and evening to work out again. He would always do at that evening workout, he would do... Um, close out the workout when we were already so exhausted. When we'd get out the pool, when these were 25-yard pools, and you had to jump in and swim to the other end of the pool and get out and come back around, and he would decide how many times we were going to do this. But you could not breathe from the time you jumped in to the time you touched the wall. Now, I repeat, we were already exhausted, and I would feel like my lungs were going to burst. And I would think, I'm going to breathe real fast. And surely he won't see with everybody splashing because everybody's in all the lanes and splashing. He didn't miss a time. When I do my head up real fast to get, get a breath of air, he would point at me just like that. And that meant I had to do that one again. I remember a night I was the only person on the side of the pool jumping in and doing again and again and again, till I got my 10 times of swimming the length of the pool without breathing. One time, I got out of the pool and went to the drain and vomited. And he yelled, you feel better? And I said, yeah. And he says, well, you're two behind. Get back in. And I started crying because this was so hard on me. I remember this well, that practicing of endurance. Then, I was a, a sprinter of the 50-yard freestyle. And what this coach got me doing with those as my endurance increased 
and increased and increased, I began to do what I never thought was possible. I was given the opportunity for great joy through this coach. I began to swim the entire 50 yards with only two breaths. I could swim the length of the first one, do my flip turn, and come out three strokes before my first breath, and then do one more breath before the race was over. And I tell you, I, when I would go through that over and over in practice, as my endurance increased and my lungs expanded and I got faster and faster, there was nothing like doing that race and slapping that wall and looking up and seeing what my time was. The great joy that came with the practice of enduring. Touching the wall, oh yeah, that was fun. The reward of enduring. Are you suffering? God's given you an opportunity for great joy. 1 Peter 4.19, it says, So if you are suffering in a manner that pleases God, keep on doing what is right. Entrust your lives to the God who created you, for he will never fail you. Keep on, believer. Keep on. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting your life into God's hands. He's never going to fail you. Want to be blessed? Keep on doing what is right, no matter what you're going through. Want to be blessed? Trust that God has you in the palm of His mighty hand, and He will never let you go. Want to be blessed? Hang on to Jesus with all your heart. Hang on, and He will never let go of you. He will never fail you. These struggles can get hard, but I think if we can think while we're in the struggles, while we're in the persecution, while we're in the suffering, if we can keep our eyes focused on, this is an opportunity for great joy, for the joy set before us, we can endure what Christ has called us to endure. I hope you get to experience the blessings that God wants to give you. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for this study. Not an easy study at all, Lord, of suffering, trouble. I hate suffering and trouble. But Lord, you have called us to this as followers of you, that we would become more and more like you. Lord, as we go through these troubles, help our endurance to increase, our faith to be tested at the end, to show us shining so brightly like you. Lord, make us more and more like you, that when people see us, they'll be seeing you. When we speak, they're hearing you. Jesus, we just thank you for when you do see the potential in us and call us to these trials and suffering because you want to refine us and you want us to become like your son, Jesus Christ. These things we pray in your most precious name, Jesus. Amen. This is Rico Vecca, and I'm also a pastor at New Song Family Church. I want to thank you for listening to this message today, and it is my hope that you will join us again for another New Song Family Church podcast.